Hey, I'm Jason Klaus, host of the Klaus to the Heart podcast, as well as the other shows here across the PFC Entertainment Network, inviting you to join me as I go back on stage for my next live motivational event. It happens on Sunday, July the 9th, beginning at 2 p.m. from the Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, Michigan. On that particular occasion, I will be talking about, is this day one? Or are you waiting for one day? We're going to talk about it live. Backroads Bar and Grill. Free motivational live stage event. We hope you will join us as we try to inspire each other and ourselves as we move forward to live our best life. It's Klaus to the Heart Live. It happens Sunday, July the 9th, beginning at 2 p.m. Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, Michigan. You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network, or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. I'm Jason Klaus, and over the course of my life, I have done a lot of different things, worn a lot of different hats. But this may be my greatest endeavor yet. Welcome to my show, where on here we will discuss anything and everything that happens in the world around us, and how we can go about making things better for you, for me, and everybody that we share this world with. I may go on rants, I will go on sidebars, but it all comes from the heart. Welcome to the Close to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. Everybody, welcome to a very special edition of the Close to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. This is going to be unlike anything that you've heard recently, uh, and, and to be quite honest with you, this is an important episode for a number of different reasons. The main reason we'll get to here in just a second, but as, as I was laying this out and I was setting everything up for the recording today, it uh, came across my radar that this is a milestone recording. Since 2000, with the launch of this network, uh, and across the different shows that we have had here, this is the 400th recording session that I've had for the PFC Network. So it's kind of a cool thing. It just kind of like all the stars are in alignment for a pretty special episode. And as in, as special as that is, it pales in comparison to why we're here this week. I'm being joined by somebody 
that you have heard very recently a number of different times. Uh, she was on here by herself a number of weeks ago uh, as we were preparing for Pride in the Park in Holly. And then she took a um, she took Sean's spot when we did uh, Beach Night at uh, Backroads Bar and Grill for Power Tripping Through the 80s Live. And I'm very happy to have back with me a Kristen Watt. Kristen, um, this is a this is one of those episodes that I really look forward to because this is why we do what we do. We get into, you know, we go beyond headlines. We go beyond the rumor and innuendo. We, we focus on people and we focus on what makes people tick and in turn, the, the good things in life. And we have with us um, some very special people that's going to be joining us to tell their stories here. But in, in reality, this is kind of a roundtable follow-up to Pride in the Park. Now, I want to say, and we talked a little bit about it, oh, when you and I did the power tripping through the 80s thing, you know, what a what a big deal that was, you know, that event was, what kind of impression that it made on me and just my appreciation for you and all of your hard work. And I know you were part of an army that put all that together, but sure. like it, it really, like you were the go-to person in a lot of aspects. So before we get going here, I just want, want to get your feedback. Like now that the event has come and gone, what, what was your biggest takeaway from it? Um, thanks for having me again. Oh, sure, absolutely. I appreciate you and my dear friends here that are with us today. Um, my takeaway is interesting because I actually listened to, I think you did like a, you don't normally do a Facebook live and I saw your Facebook live that you did kind of, I think the evening, mm -hmm. after, the evening of the event when it was over. And it was really, um, one of the things I deeply appreciated about your feedback as someone who, um, had not ever I don't know if you've never attended, but you certainly had never uh, recorded, you right. know, at an event like this. And I really actually very much appreciated that you minimized me completely and totally maximized everyone that was involved. Because, of course, I have like seven, eight different people tagging. Thank you, Kristen. I'm, I have a problem with my taking credit and humility for things because I'm such a not me us person. And you, I understand about that. that. Yeah. Um, I'm more than welcome and more than happy to, to say you're welcome and just take a compliment. But it really, there were over a hundred people involved actively that made that happen, whether that was donors, people volunteering, people coming out. And what I take away every time that this is the third year we've done it, um, the inspiration for the event initially was A, there was a need, and B, it was a young 20-year-old person named Logan who inspired this. It wasn't that I wanted to have a pride event. I, I wish Holly had had one, and I would have attended it gladly. Right. But there was a 21-year-old person who didn't have the resources and the networking and the ability to pull it off. So we, we not I, but we stepped in to do that year one. This was the third year, but also the first time we'd ever done it outdoors in the park. It was a huge, a much bigger undertaking with red tape that um, we had to navigate through. We learned a lot of lessons. Um, quite frankly, I think it actually went off really well. A um, few things we might change if we did it outdoors again, but in general, every, how, if there's anything I'll just take credit for, it's that I'm 
a bridge builder. So it's like getting a hundred people to work cohesively together to pull something off that's so meaningful and important. That's what I'll take credit for. All the other stuff is everyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but just seeing, seeing that it is absolutely possible for hundreds and hundreds of different people from different backgrounds, different identities, different belief systems, all of it show up in one space and be unified in a moment of love and acceptance. And for me, it's always, even though it's not, pride is not just for children and kids. I've heard that actually recently, like from other people in the LGBTQ community, like who are older and more settled and they're just like, pride's for kids. And I'm thinking, oh man, you must have, you get, you got settled in your in your comfort zone because that's not the truth when our when rights are being taken away every single day. So, um, but it is always meaningful to me to see the young people because I'm sure you might hear stories from our friends here today, maybe if that's what they choose to share, that I've heard from some of our, our older people in the community that were in attendance that if only they had had something like that when they were young or only had parents in their life, their story might have been quite different. Um, so for me, it's just creating those spaces, and I just feel like safe spaces save lives, period. And that's how I feel. So, You know, the one thing you mentioned there, and it took me back to that day, is I had a conversation with a gentleman named Bill. Mm-hmm. And Bill sat down with me for a few minutes, and he expressed his appreciation and and the fact that there was an event like that that he and his partner could come out and enjoy themselves enjoy the community because for the longest time as he was telling me he didn't have that and then i think about the conversation that we had with the kids from act up and one of them had said it's it's cool that we have events like this but it's also a shame that we have events like this because it it puts them kind of in a weird spot that they're not accepted fully or they feel like they're not accepted fully to where they have to have one designated day or month to be able to fully express how they want to live and things of this nature and and especially with 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 the young man for being that age and being that tuned in and dialed in it's like wow okay for the longest time i was worried about our future but there's kids like that that have that mindset and it's not just their own personal beliefs and things of this nature it is they want to be accepted and they have the right attitude to to really change the overall stigma of what all this is and and it's very encouraging i do just want to like super quick piggyback on what you just said because i know both of well i know bill Mm -hmm. and and his husband and i also know um all those kids um and i will just say that um you know my child uh, i have two daughters um my youngest one i she she refuses to have a label she will not have a label but i'll just say she's somewhere in this community um i don't know where that is and she's figuring that out um but long before that happened like i knew statistically it's very possible that one of my my children or my family members would would be a part of this community. And who knows? Like, you know, I don't know. Like, I've had to kind of figure out who I am and where I am and, and things like that, too. So I, I think it's important with young people because I know that when I was growing up and most likely um, 
Natalie's here with us. I don't, I don't want to go, hey, how old are you? But I feel like you're a little, I feel like you're a little older than me. 45. I'm okay, I'm 41. You're now. just sure. this year with us. You're 31. Okay. So, but in our generation, there were kids that like kind of came out to you privately. Like you got to feel like, oh my God, I know that my, like you had to protect it. And now you had all these, these people like my parents and people like that, that they were never exposed to this. And so familiarity breeds comfort, which breeds education, which breeds acceptance, hopefully. And so I think that this generation, like that we were raised in at the beginning, kind of of the curvature of people being very much out in public, like, and going through that and then watching our, the children we're raising I do have absolute hope for the future because this is part of everywhere. That's why they're fighting against it so hard in schools and libraries and education because they don't want it normalized because they normal, like I said, familiarity breeds comfort, which breeds acceptance, you know? So um, the kids are everything to me at this because they're the ones who are going to change the world completely. Yeah, and that was very much on full display. You know, as soon as I got done talking, with with those kids like they walked away from from our broadcast uh, position and i sat with with sean grugel and amy sheridan and like all of us were just speechless like for a good minute we just sat there looked at each other and finally i think it was amy that spoke up and said that's our future and she couldn't have nailed it any better and she was absolutely right so uh we you know, you made mention here a little bit ago, a moment or two ago, we do have other guests that are joining us on this round table and we want to bring them on. And I feel like, you know, in both situations here, we have unique, unique and personal stories that kind of really encompass the importance of what all this is, you know. Um, so, Kristen, if you want to go ahead and, and introduce our, our guests here. Because I actually met both of you at the very first Holly Pride. Like, well, I met you a little before that, but like, that's been three years, I think, now. So, um, we have Natalie Popovich, yep. and not on mic right now, but also with us and might make a little guest appearance later is also Natalie's children, uh, Max and Lola, and then my dear friend Jessica Forshe, um, who. I get to spend a little more time with you than Natalie and I have had, you know, the opportunity, I think, to do outside of events or, you know, right. social media or whatever. But I feel like because I've, I've followed for three years, mm -hmm. you know, followed your story specifically as a friend and just as a bystander, um, I feel like I know you better than I do. You know right. what I mean? Oh, but, yeah. um, but anyway, so they're just, they're friends of mine. They're people who I... Um, respect and i think their stories matter or their what they do or what whatever they want to talk about matters because that was really the whole goal when i talked about doing this episode was yeah. events are great but the people behind the events the people in that community it's not just about what i have to say about holly axe or pride or whatever it's like there's so many um, you guys are two of hundreds of incredible humans that i know um that are just part of my daily life in some way much less event life you know what i mean so i just felt like humanizing um these are real people like we're yeah. real people we have real lives real real feelings real stories and real emotions and they're not always 
um, you know, it's not just the happy day of an event. You know what I mean? And and I think whatever whoever said that to you is right. Like, it's one of the reasons we want to increase activities in the Holly community that are more inclusive year round, not just one day a year or one month a year. And we have to talk it, live it, be it, and and be allies in or a part of the community twenty four seven. Really, that's just it, and that's what that's what registered with me when I was talking to the kids with ACT UP is when he had said, you know, it, it, it's beyond one day, it's beyond one event, it's beyond one month, because this is not something that, this is not how you guys live your life one month off year. This is 24 yeah. 365. And anybody that feels like that they cannot be who they are, I have a, a huge problem with. It. Natalie, let's start with you real quick. Um, this is actually my first time meet, meeting you. Um, which with Jessica, I met you and talked to you a little bit at Pride in the Park. But Natalie, on the surface, uh, what did Pride in the Park mean for you? Well, Pride in the Park and really any Pride event, I think, means, again, a place where I know that I can go and, and hopefully be safe um, to feel uh, accepted in my own skin. And then also be able to take uh, my family. Actually, we started... As a family, we started going to Prides, I think maybe back in maybe about three or four years ago in Flint, at the Flint Pride. And um, my wife and I had the um, free mom and free dad hugs shirts. And so we, one of the, a friend of mine from high school had an organization, you know, kind of a branch of that there. So we went with her and we had the shirts and we brought our kids and, um, you know, we, we just kind of offered that. And it was great. I, you know, I hugged a couple of people and just to kind of feel that intensity of how important that was. So I think, um, you know, I started off as an ally before I found myself in the community myself. Um, and again, I think a lot of times that does happen because as you get more familiar with the community, you, you don't realize like, well, what does this mean? What is this? You know, a lot of times people will want to say like, oh my gosh, well, how many genders are there these days? You know? And I mean, honestly, just educating yourself on any of that, um, having a label can be important and having no label can be mm -hmm. as important as well. Um, so it's all about just finding that community. And um, I think you get a glimmer of that at Pride, but then you kind of dig in on all the pamphlets and different things later, maybe, that you can maybe, if, if there's something there that's talking to you, maybe delve into that a little bit more or find other ways to get let me ask you this and i i'm just trying because my, my thing is that i try to get a read for everybody's backstory what makes people tick right i mean because that's i find since i've been doing this the motivational speaking and podcasting and all this like people don't take the time to learn about other people you know they they get snapshots, they get glimpses, they get rumor and innuendo, they get all this other stuff. They don't take the time to get to know the person. And I'm I like, I want to know what makes people tick. You mentioned you were an ally before you became part of, of the community in mm -hmm. like an official capacity. How long ago um, has it been since you found yourself? Yeah, that happened during the pandemic. Um, so honestly, um, I gave a, a talk the other night and there were some other trans folks there as well who, you know, we were kind of talking about, hey, did anybody else here, you know, during the pandemic sort of 
find themselves. And I think um, for a lot of us, that was another kind of time for that awakening where you had the time to really kind of dig deep, think about yourself, think about what really matters to you, who you are. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's really when I started to really dig in to look at, okay, I always kind of saw things as like gay or straight and I didn't, and I'm talking about like, I was even, uh, so I'm a teacher and back in 2003, uh, when I was a new teacher, some students came to me and wanted to start the Gay Straight Alliance at our high school. And um, of course, some older teachers and, you know, people like, oh, no, maybe not, you know, maybe just make that part of a diversity club and everything. But um, I really saw that the kids didn't feel comfortable just being lumped in with just other um, groups and really kind of needed something more specific. So, so I started off as an ally, you know, back then trying to help some of those kids. But again, just the education and the amount of people that we see uh, these days that are gender nonconforming um, has really helped me to see that. Okay, you know, so I kind of started um, finding myself as non-binary. So somebody who doesn't really see themselves fitting into either gender. Um, and then eventually as trans femme, so somebody who really sees themselves I've never really felt that as far as like born in the wrong body kind of thing, but it's more of like a heart kind of thing. You know, it's more about how how you see yourself and how you kind of your brain and your mind go through the world. Because I, I was, um, you know, pretty fine in in the body that I made my way through for about forty years in the world, um, but now as I've had an opportunity to start walking that other path. I know that it's definitely much more genuine. So, so that, yeah, again, started during the pandemic and then obviously was able to, um, a lot of people I think have gotten better psychological help during the pandemic because there was so much more where you could just then engage on your phone with somebody. And so, and a lot of that, for a lot of places that kind of continues. Um, but that's, yeah, where I was able to, you know, get counseling with the gender therapist and everything. And that was all, you know, in the safety of my own home. And I could try out new makeup and all kinds of new looks. And that's actually how um, I met Kristen was because when I was doing that, I was at home. Um, I was asynchronous. So I wasn't, my face wasn't online for my students to see, um, but I was just grading their work and I was making assignments and communicating with them. And so I started kind of sharing about being non-binary on Facebook and sharing those looks and um, kind of testing those waters there. Well, there's a woman in our community that took a couple of my profile pictures because any of the profile pictures, you know, aren't really public. Um, but she took a couple of those and she put them on one of our uncensored groups um, locally and, you know, said, is it true that this person teaches at the high school, you know? And, and I um, think if I remember, you had like eyeliner on. It wasn't even. Yeah, I mean, like it wasn't. Now I would say I could do much better than. Yeah, that. But, like it wasn't anything. <laughs> like, like to me, I was like, this is what this lady's upset about. Right, I right, cared. Right. Like, right. anyway. So, so yeah. So a couple of those pictures came out, and then you know my other friends they saw it first, and they were like, okay, don't engage. Like we're so sorry. Just hopefully this will go away, kind of thing. And I mean, it was almost the end of the year, school year, and. Um, but I wanted to make sure to, you know, I have been, again, a teacher in the district for 20 years, and I wanted to make sure that I 
stood up for myself and that I wasn't ashamed and to be an advocate for other people like me. Um, but before I could even get on there, there were like literally hundreds of other people that chimed in in my defense. And you were, we're on talking the news, about though. like, yeah, like, we're talking about eventually was on, I was on the news. I was um, George Takei, you know, he's a oh, yeah, um, yeah. famous um, gay actor. I was in his news feed, like he featured, you know, that shared that article. And um, so that was the time Demi Lovato was coming out as non-binary. I was like yeah. on the same page as, as her on some website. <laughs> so, um, like, or sorry, they, they them. Yeah. I think she's going by her again as well. Yeah. But um, so yeah, it was, it got to be a big thing, but a lot of my former students, you know, it was kind of like one of those things, like my old self was able to kind of die and have a funeral where everybody talked great things about me and yeah. kind of pushed me into my new self of like, okay, you know what, this is going to be okay, and you have a lot of support, and um, again, you got to hear all those things that people just never say, and I made so many friends then on Facebook, because then everybody was friending me on Facebook, and so, uh, yeah, and then I wanted to speak at one of our board meetings, so that's where I met Kristen. She came in from Holly Axe, and a group, you had they a brought group. a little group. Yeah, and brought a group, and showed support locally and, again, and I really I, didn't know you but no. you were friends you're friends with Ryan Delaney who yeah. is our village president and mm -hmm. a friend, good friend of mine and so I'm like wait there's a teacher in our neighboring town that's getting uh, this is what we literally what we do right, I'm right. like and we're gonna go and just support and I told actually Jessica on the way here that was a mind-blowing experience for me because I had we had literally been at the Holly school board meeting uh, weeks like the month or so leading up to it about something totally different I'd never been to a school board meeting before and when I went to Holly's we had like three people there uh -huh. and when I went to that meeting the first time I really like got to see you and see the support mm -hmm. that you were given by your educator community your students and mm -hmm. just people in the community I was like there's 500 people here what is going on? Like, and this is crazy. Like, I didn't even know that many people went to a school board meeting. Um, you know, and maybe whether that's normal or not, I don't know. But that's how I met you. And mm -hmm. I met you and then got to watch you. Right. Like, so then, yeah, a lot of other people like yourself, like, I'm just friends with them on Facebook. And then again, hopefully they see like, oh, okay. Well, this then is you a... came, we asked you to come and you came and yeah, talk, spoke yeah. at the first Holly Pride. You know, this is a different looking family. Like, it's not your... But we're we're so much your typical family in right. like so many ways, <laughs> you know. Like, we just, and that's another thing, by the way. I didn't yeah. just like automatically love like the aura and essence of who you are. I literally fell in love with your entire family. Mm -hmm. I was like, you've already met these kids. They're in, they're incredible. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like, and that's just good loving households that are raising good loving kids. And mm -hmm. it's just, I feel so privileged to call you. Friend, so, Thank you, you mentioned. Um, your your wife earlier a little, a little bit ago uh what kind of support did you get from her as you were starting to embrace who you are yeah well first off clothes you know and and makeup help some of those things you know to kind of delve into and everything um and then you know then just the support of knowing okay um, we need to do what's best for each other um and that might look differently. Um, we're, we're currently separated, but um, again, we're co-parenting to, to have a good situation for our kids. And, um, and I think, again, just to be able to show that support, even though it's, you know, our marriage has obviously changed quite a bit in 20 years. Um, and so that's understandable. I think 
think the statistics somewhere around like in that 50% range of people who are um, trans or gender nonconforming who come out and, you know, maybe about half are able to kind of stay in that relationship. Um, and then another half, you know, they'll end up separating or divorcing or having something different. Um, come about. The cool thing here is, um, you know, even in spite of the change in the marriage, you guys, you, what's important is the kids, right? Mm-hmm. So, you're, right. so you're able to put whatever differences aside mm-hmm. and focus on what's important here and that being the best interests of the children. And yeah. like your children are here with us. And like in the few minutes that I had before we sat down to record, like immediately, like I'm very much a first impression, you know, person. And it's like, man, these kids are poised. They, you know, they've got their shit together. They, you know, you can tell. You you can definitely tell. Listen, uh, what we're going to do, we're going to run a quick timeout, uh, run an ad, and we will be back with this very, very special and important episode of the Klaus of the Heart podcast right after this. Hey, I'm Jason Klaus, host of the Klaus to the Heart podcast, as well as the other shows here across the PFC Entertainment Network, inviting you to join me as I go back on stage for my next live motivational event. It happens on Sunday, July the 9th, beginning at 2 p.m. from the Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, Michigan. On that particular occasion, I will be talking about, is this day one? Or are you waiting for one day? We're going to talk about it live. Backroads Bar and Grill. Free motivational live stage event. We hope you will join us as we try to inspire each other and ourselves as we move forward to live our best life. It's Klaus to the Heart Live. It happens Sunday, July the 9th, beginning at 2 p.m. Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, Michigan. And welcome back to the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network. You're listening to a very special edition of the Klaus of the Heart podcast. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in this week. I'm Jason Klaus. I'm being joined by Kristen Watt. You've heard her in, in recent weeks. You just uh, a little bit ago, you heard from Natalie. Now we're going to switch gears and talk to uh, Jessica. And I met you, Jessica, at Pride in the Park. And... Um, you know, we were talking a little bit off air before we started this segment of the show. And just, I'm very much, and I'll say it on here too, um, I'm very much a first impressions person. And I pick on, I pick up on people's aura and take right out of the gate when, when I met you uh, a number of weeks back when we did this event in Holly at Lakeside Park. Like, you were one of the highlights because I'm like, that's an individual that, well, has got their shit together. Like they, they know, they know who they are. They know what they are and they're unapologetic about it. So, you know, I asked Natalie right out of the gate, uh, what events like Pride in the Park meant. Uh, so what's events like this? What does that mean for, for you? Cause I know you were a big hand in kind of the preparation for, for this whole thing, right? I hope where I can. Yeah. Um, pride to me um, is actively and consciously choosing yourself over and over again. Um, it is 
being afraid to speak up. It's it's following your heart and your gut instinct. Um, and it's allowing yourself to just be. Um, and that for me um, is really near and dear to my heart. Um, but I also really love seeing all the young people um, just be free to be themselves and run around and hang out. And, um, you know, there's all these new words that we're coming up with, right, to help define things that have existed for a long time. Um, and I think that is uh, just something truly rewarding. Okay. Um, you're in your early 30s? Yep. Okay. Um, have you, I'm trying to be respectful when, when I ask these kind of questions, because I never want to offend anybody, but at the same time, this like I said with, with Natalie, I like to know people's backstories. I like mm -hmm. to know what makes them tick. Um, at what point in your life did you realize that your place is within the, this community? Um, I think I probably realized it really early on in life, um, but we didn't really have uh, the representation that we do now. Um, so I knew that I was different, but I didn't really understand what that meant or who that meant I was. Um, so I didn't really come out until uh, college. But then with the pandemic, there was this whole new awakening, right? Um, I believe that we are, um, we only grow as big as our environment allows, right? And the environment that I was in, um, didn't really allow me to spread my wings as much as I would have liked to. And during the pandemic, being, I like to say, we all got put in time out for two years. Yeah. <laughs> um, we all had time to sit and reflect um, and really navigate our own mental landscapes and understand uh, who we are and what that means and, um, you know, what we contribute to the world. When you say your environment, mm -hmm. are we talking like, and you can go as far down in the rabbit hole as you want with this, but you talk about like, like your home life, like were you, when you realized, when you were starting to realize who you were, mm -hmm. were you met with resistance from family? It was not like outward resistance, but there was still that uh, subconscious bias that always existed, right? So if I would ask somebody in my family you know, like, do you support me? They would say yes, um, but really that subconscious bias still kind of bloomed. And um, I'm really grateful that, like, my mom stuck around and, you know, we kind of talked a lot about things in depth. Um, and I think that that subconscious bias all stems from a lack of education and people not knowing. Um, so I like to take every moment I can as a teaching opportunity. So, <clears throat> what do you do for, for a living, if you don't mind my asking? Yeah, um, I own my own business. It's called Matter Over Mind Services. Uh, I focus on a holistic path for healing with my clients um, through different modalities. Um, so, I do Reiki energy healing, life coaching, and clinical self-therapy. Okay. Man, that's <laughs> you don't hear that every day. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, I, do you live in the Holly area? I live in Fenton. In Fenton, okay. I spent a tremendous amount of, of my recent years in Fenton. It's where my ex-wife is from. So 
I totally get it. Um, how do you, do you feel like you're allowed to be, how do I say this? Do you feel like you're accepted in your community? Does anybody make you feel like when you go out, out and about, I mean, the, is there any kind of outward outlandish bias towards you? I mean, there are always going to be people that are not their cup of tea mm -hmm. and they're entitled to their opinion. I get that. Um, it's not always accepting, but I would say like 97% of the time it is. Um, and every once in a while you run into uh, a derp and that's okay. You just kind of talk with them and roll it off. And that's fine. I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong here, when you are dealing with people like that, mm -hmm. that give you that kind of resistance or bias or whatever, do you feel like there is a degree of fundamental ignorance that, that goes into play with that? Like they just don't understand or they're closed-minded or, I mean, what, what do you, in, in your experiences, what would you chalk it up as this is why um, they're so hell-bent on not accepting our community. I wouldn't necessarily say it's ignorance. I think it's um, more or less a lack of compassion and understanding um, for people who live differently um, and people who have been in their same communities their entire lives. Um, you know, their view of the world can be very narrow. Yeah. <laughs> you... I mean, you're you're absolutely nailing it. I and I, I get so it. Eloquent. It, it really is right because you know I'm I'm kind of gruff, man. Like I spent 30 years in professional wrestling, so like cutting a promo or stuff or something like that. Like my job was to tell people I was going to do this, that, and the other thing that was not, you know, of a friendly nature. Even though it was a character and it was a gimmick, but. Like that's kind of been ingrained in me, so I come I come across as kind of gruff and straight to the point. I mean, that's kind of how I live my life now too. Um, but you know, you're coming in and you you you're saying a lot of what needs to be said, but you're very eloquent and, and very intelligent because it would be easy to sit here and be like, hey, you know, f this and they're this and that and the other thing. I'm Sometimes that's me. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm trying to keep, you know, keep it kind of PG-14 here because of the kids within earshot. But um, what would you say has been, I mean, if, if you haven't touched on, on it already, in accepting who you are and living your life the way that, that you want to? Because I maintain, man, like as long as it's not, you know, Im impeding somebody else's rights or safety or well-being, I firmly believe everybody has a right to live however the hell they want to live as long as they're happy, right? Mm -hmm. What's been the biggest re what's been the biggest roadblock for you as you have embarked on your life, on your particular journey? Oh, 100% myself. How so? Um just the different experiences that I've had, right? Like that creates uh the, the clinical hypnotherapy that I do, right? Um speaks more towards the subconscious mind and it targets um, kind of like the root cause of anxiety or self-sabotage or whatever that holds people back. Um, 
as I went through that process of clinical hypnotherapy, um, started realizing how much of my own worst enemy that I was, right? Like, um, because of my perception that I grew up with, right? That had been reflected back at me from my family. Um, and I think that uh, a lot of folks really can be their own worst enemy um, in how they think and their thought processes and the underlying beliefs behind them. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way, right? Like the first journey or the start to healing is really just accepting yourself and loving yourself for who you are and, you know, embracing the flaws. Have, had you had issues with coming to terms with that as you were starting to, because uh, you said earlier, you know, a, a little bit ago, you knew pretty early on mm -hmm. who and what you were and how you felt about things. Um, the, at what point, was there ever a point where you tried to talk yourself out of who you are? Oh, yeah. Um, there's, there's always that um, push to conform, I think. Um, in my generation, at least, there was. Um, and I believe that that push is definitely uh, alleviating now for this next generation, which is nice to see. Um, but yeah, there's always that push to conform and be like everybody else and not be different. And um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> this is, this is remarkable just... stuff. I mean, this is what I what I wanted to hear because uh, like it, it I don't want to say it fascinates me but like I have a, genu a genuine interest in humanity in mm -hmm. humility and it's like we live in a society nowadays where everything is called into question everything is cynical and there's more attention paid on negative tones mm -hmm. than positive ones and I just talked about it on on the recent episode of this very show, as a matter of fact, it's, you know, you, you, we, we sit here and we want change. We, we want a better environment. We want a better society, but nobody wants to do anything about it. And then I, I, I become more involved with this community. And like Kristen was saying, no, I had never been a part of a pride event. I had never attended one. I supported them because I had friends who were very much a part of, of this community. And for the longest time, they felt like they didn't have a voice. And a few of them, as I was launching this network back, well, I mean, I started this right before the pandemic. And uh, they would come to me and they're like, we need a voice. We need somebody to be our champion. We need somebody to speak on our behalf that we're people too and like that phrase and and i heard it a, a few times we're people too and it made me think it well it pissed me off for for one because it shouldn't make a difference one way or the other what you are who you are who you love anything of that nature you we are individuals we are human beings as human beings, we have fundamental rights. Fundamental right, you know, for you have every damn right to be who you want to 
be. As long as you're not hurting some, you know, yourself or somebody else, or you're not impeding on my rights and privileges and things of this nature. And that's why I took such a vested interest when, when Kristen approached us and said, hey, we're doing this Pride in the Park thing. We would like to have you guys out to, to broadcast. And like Sean and I were, were talking about it because it was for our 80s podcast. And he and I, I mean, it was a very short conversation, like all of maybe two sentences. Do you want to do it? Yes, I do. Because. Can I piggyback something you yeah. were talking about real quick? Yeah. Um, I want to say, but long because I've only known you, what, four months? I don't know. Something yeah. like that. But not, not very, very long. long. Although, I don't meet a stranger. I meet at least a 10 people a day, just randomly. I'm like, oh, you're my friend now. Like, that's just how I am. But I want to share, and I don't think Sean would have a problem with me sharing this story, but um, the first year that we held Holly Pride, um, I know, I've known Sean for some time. We weren't like super besties or anything, but we knew each other in the community. He did good things, I did good things. We crossed paths periodically. Um, always found him to be a kind and just a good, you could just tell, you just know when you meet people like this is a good person. Um, but, he shared with me, um, and you'll have to ask him the next time y'all are on a show together if you want, because I don't remember if I'm going to get all the details right, but he shared with me his story of being in the wrestling community and how he used to believe and the story that kind of changed his belief that pulled him out of this very narrow-minded, bigoted mindset that he really hadn't intended to have. It was just part of his norm. And then what brought him, and like, I'll never forget him and another woman in the community. They both shocked me when they showed up just to like support. And I was like, is Sean Google here? Like, this is weird. Like, and that was actually the beginning of our friendship. Like, and then he shared with me about like how he ended up from what would be deemed potentially an ignorant mindset years ago to where he is now. And he's always learning and growing. And I just want to maybe, I know you say you've been a name, you always name your name your podcast after you kind of go back and get the content, right. but I think it's a perfect thing to come back full circle to talk about, talk about it, then be about it. And as an ally and someone that no longer abuses a label myself, like not, I'm not oppressed. I haven't been through anything like, but I've educated myself through years of, of knowing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people from all walks of life to realize, you know, in our generation, it was either you were gay, straight, or bi. That was it. Those are your three boxes. And you don't teeter. If you're this, you're this. And um, I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast that you and I did just together a couple, like I don't know, a month ago. But I'll never forget I had a friend, a female friend for many, many years, married to uh, a gentleman for almost 18 years. And then they got divorced and she married a woman. And I literally was like, okay, have you been going through this your whole life? Like, you, I w- this was 10, 15 years ago. And she's like, I don't know what happened. Like, I, I, it, it, it caught me by surprise that I fell in love with this. Like, she'd never felt like she'd struggled her whole life. And now looking back on me, I feel so like, oh, you child back then. Like, that's because we only had the three boxes and you were either one or the other like there was no like oh 
like we didn't even know what pansexuality there was not a word for that back then or you know or just i don't know i just love people and and i'm open to love and i'm open to life and it catches you off guard and then like people would have to be like well did you struggle with that like no i just happened to meet someone that i really like i just fell in love with them <laughs> like and it doesn't matter like you don't have to be put in that category right. so that's just one one component of like this whole thing that's um but as someone who's been a, a lifelong or at least from i don't even remember what age i told you my teacher when i was 14 years old my english teacher of course because english teachers are the best <laughs> um it changed me to to move in that trajectory to be an ally and not just for people in lgbtq plus community i'm an advocate and a voice for every marginalized community all black lives matter lgbtq and it's not just because they're an organization it's any person whether it's people with disabilities whether it's anyone who is being oppressed in any way it's actually our job it's your job jason it's my job as an ally like it is not jessica and natalie's job to educate and explain to every straight person in the world why they are being oppressive or to everything and i say this a lot of times within the black community as 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 white people how do who are not okay with how racism is put and then we talk about intersectionality because right. now we have black gay people and we have black trans women who have the highest uh suicide and murder rate in the country like that's a whole other rabbit hole so it's not just about being gay being straight being trans being gender non-conforming being an ally like there's so many onion layers to this and uh we talk about veterans this is a conversation we've been having a lot lately in Holly. We're a Purple Heart community. We're a veteran center community. I'm not going to out people, but I'm going to tell you, we're having to educate people in the community on the fact that, uh, you know, we have a lot of not only gay, but trans families in our veteran community. And that doesn't reconcile with old white conservative people. They're like, wait a minute, we own the flag. We own we own the army what's going on here and i'm like no they're just human beings who serve their country and so when you say this ignorant rhetoric do you realize do you know what i'm saying like so we're trying to educate at least i feel like it is our job because we have a privilege that not everyone has um to be able to walk into spaces and try to have a dialogue with people who might be close-minded to having that dialogue with natalie so that's my job. So there's a difference between being a supporter and being an ally. Yeah. And that's where I say, don't just talk about it, be about it. And that means you call it out every time you hear it and you put your lines in the sand and you set your boundaries as an ally and say, I won't stand for certain things, right? You have to make sacrifices too. Like I can't be at this place or I can't be with these people, but I want to seek to learn. I've learned three things here today that I didn't even know, you know, that I'm just learning. And so it's just, conversations and a cup of coffee can change the world it really can and a lot of it is we have to as a society blow up these bullshit borders of uh, stereotype stereotype and you know because that's like you said back in the day there was three boxes the gay straight trans now it's so far beyond that now you mentioned sean and his approach at this whole thing you know he portrayed a gimmick 
early on in his career, that was a stereotypical you know, gay person. Mm -hmm. And back then, they were the heel or the bad guy because people didn't understand. Right. And he, and it's no fault of his, this is what he was told yeah. to portray. Right. And once he got into it, you know, there were certain things in real life that opened his eyes. Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot, I cannot be a part of this. So mm -hmm. he was able to evolve, not just from a, from a wrestling character, but so, you know, psychologically he was changing too. But like, <laughs> there is so much more to this than he may, may have known. Um, when I was a promoter, or my wrestling company, one of my guys came to me in confidence and said, I am this. And one of the other roster members had found out and was threatening to exploit that in a um, less than flattering way. You know, this is where social media was starting to become a thing. Facebook was starting to become a thing. And he was threatening. He was almost using it as blackmail. If you don't do this, I'm going to tell the world this yeah. is what you're doing. So obviously that created a great deal, a great, great deal of anxiety and, and trauma. And like, he was freaking out. He's like, Oh my God, my whole life is going to be ruined. And it's like, I'm going to be your champion. And, you know, if you want to get out, out, you know, in front of this thing, you want to control your own narrative. I will be your voice. And he did. And we did. And, you know, step one was I assembled, I know I'm going on the sidebar, I apologize, but this is, this is an illustration of where my level of commitment to you guys are, right? I had a roster meeting, had all 40 people that worked for me in one room. Well, it was right around the ring. And I stood up and I made this declaration. And essentially I said, I don't give a shit who you are, what you are, or anything like this. You are part of my family, and I accept you for who you are, for what you are. This is a judgment-free zone, and if any other member of this locker room has a problem with that, get your shit and get out of my building right now. I have no time for you in my company, and I have no time for you in my life. And I have adopted that from that moment because that was my first exposure to it. Like I knew it was a, I knew it was a thing. I just but you I, feel that it's wrong just as a human. It's not even about gender or sexuality. It's just what is the golden rule? Like treat people the way you want to be treated. It, like right. this isn't even it doesn't have to be defined in these categories, but like what what you just shared that you did though, it's interesting because I I know many people who have many organizations, businesses, whatever. And it almost seems crazy. Like that we're asking for something as simple as just saying we have a zero tolerance, zero hate tolerance policy in our in our building, in our business, in our schools, in our uh, nonprofits. It's like just putting a boundary because people only do what you allow them to do. Right. And that is where Natalie and Jessica and these children and every other person that I know are just living their life. They're going to work and paying their bills, like just like we are. Right. But again, the burden should not be on any person in a marginalized community to have to stop and tell you there. Has anyone ever stopped you in the gas station and go, I'm sorry, like, I need to know, like, explain to me why you are who you are and what's going on. What's going on with this? What happened here? I've, I've literally, these are quotes, by the way, that I've heard in Holly, 
in a gas station. Like, what's this all about? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, what do you mean what's this all about? I'm here getting gas. Like, what? It's like, that's the part that just makes me crazy. So that's why Hollyacks even exists in the first place. Not just for that, but I do, and I know when we go into segment three and having this amazing privilege to talk to these amazing uh, children, um, but if you don't mind, I'm hijacking your show. That's right. I'm just here pushing buttons. No, and and the reason I say that is as you are giving this platform to have this dialogue about this particular subject, I'm also on the library. So I also am seeing, we just had it this week, like for the first time in this entire climate of censorship and all these things that are going on in national media and people boycotting schools. Like, I I don't even know how anybody even is a teacher anymore. Like, God bless you, like seriously. (laughs) Um, But I'm watching that like resistance of, you know, representation should not be available to anyone in a library, in a freaking library. Well, thank God for the constitution. So um, there's that. But I really, even though I feel like people who are in the, who identify as gay or lesbian still deal with bigotry and homophobia and all the bullshit, the trans community is under an attack right now there are like, I don't remember because I had it with me, the thing, I think there's 473 bills right now in the United States, which is three times what we had in a quarter of last year, trying to literally ban gender affirming care. We're banning drag shows, which has like, which by the way, drag queens for anyone listening is a different thing than being identifying as straight. Like, I, like I'm not, I don't know that much about it, but I know that that's different. So but the laws of people, like, I, I really think back to this. Re- I always used to say I wish I had been born in the 60s because I would have been at Woodstock and no to Vietnam. Like, and then I realized about a decade ago, oh, I'm just reincarnated into the, ni- you know, the 2000s where we're fighting a different civil rights battle. Um, and we're still fighting yeah. regular civil, you know, like people of color are fighting that civil rights battle. But in this battle for just being able to exist and live and have you say like, hey, don't infringe on my rights. I can't even tell you how many times a day your rights are infringed upon. I know you know this. So it's, um, the trans community is like so near and dear to my heart right now because I'm literally watching our country implode state by state by state and the hate escalate and the violence escalate. Like, I am not gonna lie, I've never been nervous about having pride now. I was very, you know, I was having a freaking like anxiety attack because the violence has escalated, the hate has escalated, and um, and then we have black trans women who literally statistically are literally the most likely to be murdered in this country. So there's more than just hey, can I be who I am in Grand Blank and Holly? There's this collective civil rights movement going on then allies are more important than ever before to anyone in whatever alphabet part of the community you fall in because they're literally gender affirming care being taken away like i think about your children right now and i think about michigan michigan by the way is leading the way on this thank god we live in this state thank god for our governor and our secretary of state and our attorney general because like I'm from Texas. I would never move back to Texas right now. Right. My daughters are second class citizens. I thank God have no plumbing, so it wouldn't affect me. But 
both of my daughters would just by being female or second class citizens. Now they're you know, in Florida. Forget it. Like I don't even know why anyone lives in Florida. I I know. I, you know, unfortunately for us, it's like okay, Disney World maybe isn't really an option. You no, know? Like, <laughs> you know, like uh, there's only there's only certain you know we're, we've kind of got like about half the states now where we're kind of like we we probably shouldn't go there. You know, or which is if so we're driving sad. through, we need to we need to keep driving, kind of being trans on a daily basis. Like most trans people, just really don't want to be noticed at all right you know they just want to go about their day um but i will say i do enjoy when i do get noticed in a good way like i it there's been so many like the the female community has reached out to me whether it be through just compliments at the gas pump like hey i really like your hair or i like your makeup or i like your skirt or dress or whatever um to friends or friends on facebook that i have that have reached out and said like Got a bunch of clothes, if I have jewelry, yeah. so honestly, for me, it's definitely just shown me like the goodness of humanity. Yeah. Um, and this is like that it's that opportunity to be an ally when you see somebody in your community and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to make sure that they're doing okay. This is kind of yeah. a trying time for um, people like that, and and I do. There's certain places that I feel like more afraid to go in, and obviously, mm-hmm. like. I like to think, like, as a middle-aged person, late transition, that I'm kind of like, well, I wouldn't put myself in harm's way. Like, I'd be pretty, pretty feel like I'm pretty logical about it. Um, but honestly, most of the time, I, I have been pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. And again, even if it's, like, from three years ago when you did Holly Axe and started mm-hmm. the Holly Pride, it's like, I lived in Holly for eight years. Yeah. And I didn't think that that would be a place where I would come out. Right, um, right. You know, like... Uh, our community yeah. continues to show up and surprise me every day. So, like, I feel like the tide is, sh- I mean, the yeah. tides are turning, and a lot of it has to do with the multi-generational people. It's mm-hmm. not just our kids. It's us. It's our age group that grew up. Mm-hmm. Like, I told you, remember when Friends came out and Ross had the gay ex-wife? Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> but, like, she was a side character. But that was, like, oh, that was a big deal back then. That seems so, like such small potatoes now. But, like, that was really a big deal back then and you know it normalized that and then of course ellen and then you know and you go on from there but it's you have that generation that went dude that wasn't right like i may not understand everything but i understand common decency Mm -hmm. but then you also have people also from our generation that also grew up you you know a lot of that still stems from the bible belt and the you're the people who are having to un it's not even about lgbtq it's just people who grew up in a religious setting and these legalistic life and death hell and heaven values and this thing about like my existence somehow is a sin or like me oh my god i got pregnant before i got married oh my god like it's like the worst i remember this like this was like the worst possible thing you could do and like now i'm like People choose to have kids single and like go to an in vitro plant. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, love your children, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think un- it's an unlearning. It's an unlearning of societal norms and rigid, legalistic religious teachings. And then people just not wanting to learn and grow and evolve and just be lazy in their emotional development. <laughs> well, I'm even, I'm not religious anymore. Um, I was raised Catholic, but. Um, I'm really appreciative of the churches that go to Pride yes. and that show up, 
you know, there were four want to the show their support. And I mean, we're talking major ones now that, yeah. you know, so it can't be like, well, we're Christian. We can't do that. It's right. like, no, this is like, they're literally, it's literally saying, the most Christian thing you can it do. It really is. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, I went to yeah. Rochester Pride in the Park last week um, to support some friends of mine who organized that, which has also grown. Um, there were five um, open and affirming <laughs> churches represented there. And that meant so much to my friend that came with me, who is a person of faith, but has a trans child and is a huge ally of the community. Mm -hmm. um, and she's had that conflict of like, I'm going to be unapologetically loud and demand it be so. Mm -hmm. But there's still that like, why won't my church just love my child? And I'm like, well, then it sounds to me like you need to find another church. Like, no offense. Like, if you're, but, and you're hard pressed to find them, but thank God. Like, there's more and more these days for people who, who choose um, a faith based life that don't have to feel like they have to reconcile that they're a mistake and want to believe in the higher power that they do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I don't think people should have to feel like they need to betray they are right in order to conform to the standards. Right. Yeah. I don't feel like anybody should have to conform to anything. You know, this is who I am of the mindset now. And, you know, granted, my situation is different than most everybody else's, but I lived a good portion of my life being dictated to who and what I was going to be from my ex wife, you know, hence ex. You know, um, my, my thing, my biggest thing is we should, especially in this day and age, we should not have to apologize for who and what we are. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, part of a, would you like to run for president <laughs> or Congress or anybody else? Oh, Jessica <laughs> should definitely be president oh, and geez. just throw reeky sticks at the senators and whatever. I don't know. Like, I don't know. No, I listen. I don't have that kind of time. No, I, I, I know. <laughs> but I, yeah, but it's great. Thank you for just, this is, I don't know. I feel happy. I'm glad. That's, that's so what it's all about. I'm happy to be here with people I love having good conversations. And hopefully if one person listens to this podcast and feels like, oh, I learned something or, oh, I'm an asshole. Yeah. I should probably not do that anymore. Or, yeah it has a positive impact to anybody anybody like, i'm so happy to be here. for yeah. sure for sure and if not we got to hang out for two hours with cool people so <laughs> i'm just saying so but you do have a following so right we'll see how no there's going to be people that listen to this this is going to get shared this is i have no doubt this is going yeah. to jump up as one of our one of our more downloaded episodes so good um listen we've talked a little bit uh we've made mention of the future kids younger kids uh we're gonna run one more time out here and when we come back uh we're gonna have some more guests that are gonna join us and they are gonna have they are gonna bring a very 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 unique perspective of all this that not enough attention is being paid to so um i'm looking forward to this part of the conversation as well so stick around more of the Close of the heart podcast is right after this When I want to get new stuff to celebrate my favorite shows, there's only one place that I go to, and it's where you need to go to for all of the great merchandise from the PFC Entertainment Network. 
I go to the official online store powered by CafePress.com. You can head on over to the official online store right now and see all of the latest t-shirts, hoodies, hats, coffee mugs, sippy cups, bed sheets, floor mats, and anything else that you can think of with the various logos and designs of all the great shows here on the PFC Entertainment Network, including Pulse to the Heart, The Real Podcast, Turnbuckle Time Machine, and even new merchandise for the heat vent. I'm not allowed to listen to that, my mom said, because Levi gets a little raw. But if I wanted new merchandise for the heat vent, there's only one place I go to, and it's where you need to go to, too. CafePress.com forward slash PFC Network, the official online store of the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. Welcome back to the Klaus to the Heart podcast here on the PFC Entertainment Network. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. We're coming into the final segment of this week's show. And I got to tell you, um, I've conducted a lot of interviews. I've, I've done a lot of different shows over four years now of doing this. And this has been probably the most compelling conversation that I've ever had. That is straight shoot. That it, there is no BS about that. This is this is a conversation that needs to happen more frequently. Now, over the last hour or so, we've uh, we've kind of touched on the things here and now, and we've alluded to the future and what the future looks like, especially you know when we're tackling these kinds of conversations these kinds of demos these kinds of this part of our society that has to, that just has to be more accepted and treated with with respect and dignity you know bare minimum now we're going to introduce you to another member of our round table here and joining us is max Max is 10 years old. And Max, you <laughs> you've been in here for you know the last hour or so. And like I've had the privilege of kind, you know, talking to you a little bit. And I'm just so impressed with your poise, with your maturity. You know, it's almost like I'm talking to an adult. Thank you know, you. you're just in a 10-year-old body, 10-year-old voice. Um now you are Natalie's child and kind of talk to me about the changes if any that you have seen that you that you feel as you embark into a I don't want to say a new chapter of of your family but it's not one that you had been accustomed to up until now right so what what's that change been like for you well definitely about a month ago or was it a few weeks ago yeah i think a month ago um well our parents are now separated so that was definitely a big change for me but also just you know i was really just getting into feeling that i was who i felt like inside for so many years so you picked up on it kind of, I mean, early on, right? I mean, you're 10 years old now. When when did you start to kind of, kind of you know, c- connect the dots? 
Well, as soon as Natalie came out as well, non-binary before trans, I had also maybe a month or two after that, I had kind of thought, you know, maybe I don't, maybe I'm not who I thought I was. Maybe I'm not a girl, but I'm not a boy. Maybe I, maybe I'm just someone who like, I mean, this is me, I mean. So you are going into the fifth grade. Yeah. Um, what kind of, I mean, how, I'm, I mean, I assume you have friends and things of this nature, but, you know, as you are starting to, to connect the dots and you're starting to figure things out, um, has that affected your, your relationship with your friends at all? Well, most of my friends who, like, are definitely, like, definitely supporting me, um, they're very kind, they're very supportive, they're definitely, like, allies of LGBT, and they really, they do a great job of making me feel, feel who I am. But some of my friends, even though we are very, still very close, they sometimes had caused, um, like, drama, and now, I guess, I should tell you about uh, one time. Well, this was in fourth grade, and uh, we were in Tech X, and I was going to that bathroom. And of course, since it's still an elementary school, we still have passes. Like, and of course, me be, being who I am right now, I picked the boys' pass because. But then, once I had came back, I was all feeling good because I mean yeah so I'd come back and my friend one of my best friends uh, one of the supportive friends she told me that some other girls had been talking about me and they had been saying why is Max grabbing the boys pass he should she should grab the girls pass and so hearing that made me just really think, dang, this is really something. Have you been bullied at school? Only, well, this wasn't really bullying, but only in kindergarten. And it was before I had become trans. It was this... I'm not going to say any names because... Sure, that's fine. But I'm just going to call her, not her actual, her actual name, but I'm just going to call her Angela. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she, whenever I was just going to, like, show her something or say, oh, that's cool, she would always make up an excuse to start a fight. And I would always have to tell my teacher about it because that wasn't okay. But... I had gotten a friend that had really helped me uh, balance out the relationship with Angela. Angela was in my class uh, this year, and we have become better. And I mean, we all like apologized for what we had said in like kindergarten and all that stuff. But and she also she said that she felt non-binary, and I was proud of her. But her parents said that that was super stupid and she should never, ever speak of that again. And so that made me really just 
cry inside. And now her parents aren't the best people. Um, but, you know, we can't always be perfect. And honestly, like sometimes if we're just like on a, a random topic, we're just talking and then somehow we get to the talk of like, when you die, do you go to heaven or heck? And then I'm like, oh, I, I don't really believe in any of that. I just think you sort of just kind of die. And then she's like, well, your belief is wrong. And so I just, can we not talk about this? And she's like, well, we need to discuss it. Yeah, I guess I just want to interject there too and just say, so this was Max's first year as Max at school. Um, and using he, him pronouns. And that coincided with my first year as Ms. Popovich at school and using she, her pronouns. And um, we're really lucky that we do have um, a diversity, equity, and inclusion team at Max's school and a teacher who is on that team who is very supportive um, of him and making sure that as much as possible, everything said Max, and so it's not, you know, his legal name currently, um, but whenever we could, you know, to do that and um, make sure that he had a bathroom that was, you know, that he could go to that nobody else went to kind of thing, like a single stall kind of situation, just to feel, again, comfortable. Um, and, you know, as far as things go, I mean, I think, you know, for you, you probably feel the same way that I do. Like anytime somebody genders you in the right way, it's just like this huge, you know, great buzz, this great feeling. It's like a victory, yeah, right? It's, it's like a personal like, win. Feel, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, that's right. Or, you know, and I remember even just kind of being surprised a few times because I had, you know, several students that I had prior year and then this year, and I thought for sure they were going to mess up. And I would totally understand if they would, you know, and I think it's, again, you know, I do try to make it a teachable kind of moment and just, you know, like, okay, just correct yourself and move on if that ever happens. But I got to say, like, the whole year, nobody messed up in my presence that I could tell. Oh, and it was so just, you know, it was so cool to hear that when I hear them talking about me and like, yeah, that that is I am her. That is me. You know, mm -hmm. that. Um, so that felt really good. And I know, Max, you probably have had a lot of those same yeah. kind of feelings. Um. But with like the bathroom situations at school, I still sorry struggle with that because even though I do have a like a non-gender like specific bathroom where it's like okay like my principal even like made a whole sign that's like both genders that you can come to the bathroom. So, but I did have to walk a little bit more to go to that bathroom. Now, the thing was with that, I felt comfortable in there and. I still do feel comfortable, so that was pretty good. But in public places, let's say like a restaurant, I I usually still do say that I have to go into uh, the ladies' bathroom because my what plays out in my head is if I go in there, I'm just doing my business, and I come out, and then someone there's like, "Hey, get out of here! Don't watch me!" and also, like, hey, are you sure you're in the right bathroom? And I feel like that it's just awkward because I don't know what would happen 
I don't know how I would explain it, and it's just a whole... Yeah, we definitely feel that Max is safer um, for the time being in a female bathroom. Um, there's more stalls and probably less likely that there would be any kind of altercation or any kind of thing, or even just like with kids, like with goofing around or anything. Yeah. It's, um, it's hopefully just going to be kind of going into your business kind of, kind of thing. So, um, Max, let me ask you this. You are very, you very much represent the future, right? Like you are 10 years old. You got the, you got essentially your whole life ahead of you still yet. At this age, it seems like you pretty much have a pretty good idea as to who and what you are. And that's absolutely remarkable. So let me ask you this, because you are mature way beyond what, what your age is, right? What do you want for the future? What is it that you want? Not, not the politically the correct answer. What do you want? What do you want to see in terms of what kind of world you grow up in? Well, for the future, I hope that it will be a more lovable world where more people can feel accepted and be who they are without being judged. So I also hope that, you know, we're still trashing the planet by littering. I mean, we're still like, oh, like that. And there's so many like littering things around Grand Like there's a lot of just, oh, let me just throw my water bottle back there. So I hope that we're more like, we're recycling more too but i hope in the future that you know lgbtq and um black communities too can really feel good without being you know i really hope that everyone can be themselves and not be like and not be just judged you know because i mean being judged is really it's not what you want i mean george floyd man that was that was sad even like yesterday you know like those buzzfeed quizzes that you pop up when you're watching youtube <laughs> <laughs> uh i was i saw i was like well guess your first, your, uh, the first letter of your crush's name with 100% accuracy. And I'm like, that's not true. So I go on the quiz and then it's like, what do you find in a man? Well, that's just, yes, it's great for heterosexuals, but what about, what about like my lesbian friends, my pan friends? What, what about all those like and even looking down at the comment section it's like bro i'm lesbian this quiz is for straight people i'm like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like man listen you're the most remarkable person i've sat down here and talked to 
Thanks a lot, Jason. No, I'm just kidding. This is unlike anything I've ever been a part of, straight up. Like I feel like I'm looking at a 10-year-old, but I'm talking to a 30-year-old. Okay. Um I am way more optimistic about the future of our society because I know there's people like you that are that are going to be steering the ship here before long. And Lola. And and Lola as Lola's well. Yes. <laughs> I will say this. Um your voice your maturity, your view is going to carry you to amazing things in this world. People are going to know your name on a grand scale. Okay. I need you to know. And like we're we're coming up to the end of this segment and I'll I'll say this to all of you. Number one, thank you for all coming in here and, and doing this for one. For two like I every time I I delve into this kind of conversations this kind of topics I come away number one more educated I learn more about people I'm more optimistic about it and I have a better appreciation for humanity as a whole for you max it goes a little bit beyond that because you do represent the future and I am encouraged that there are going to be people like you that are going to assume leadership roles. You are going to be needle movers, not just with this particular endeavor, not just with this particular topic, but it's that mindset that's going to take you the absolute pinnacle of anything you want to do you are demonstrated to me you can do anything you want as long as you're willing as long as you're willing to put in the work and the effort there ain't a damn thing you cannot I'm accomplish also here to watch that happen absolutely i lift listen, you up i you. i've got the best seat in the house yeah. i've got the popcorn ready i'm ready to roll okay <laughs> because i'm going to be your biggest fan i'm going to be your i'm going to be your advocate and people of your age, of your stature, all of it. Your parents are very proud of you. Your friends are very proud of you. I am very proud of you. And I only, I've only known you for a couple of hours. Okay. But I also know that you came into my life at a very pivotal time, and I'm never going to forget you ever. Okay. Anything you ever need from me or this network, or anybody. You need a platform to talk, you need a voice, you need anything, you call me. I I will clear my schedule for you, okay? I'm, I'm your champion. I'm your voice. When you feel like you don't have a voice, I will be there. I can talk loud, and I can talk a lot, okay? Maybe not on the same level as Kristen, but yeah. we're, we're here nonetheless. Now, when the two of us get together, that just forget about <laughs> right. it. You cannot shoehorn another person, and when we yeah. start talking, together. I mean, uh, in the future, <coughs> I want to be. I mean, I'm already. I already want to be an author, you know. And with doing being an author, I mean, I would love to do 
podcast. I mean, hey man, you you want to start your own show? I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy that can make that happen for you. Yeah, I just I love sharing how I feel, and you know, I really hope if I do become an author, that um, that I can share my stories with the world and you know hopefully inspire some other person who is not com- who is not confident right now to come out of their shell but maybe if they read my book they they will feel that they share something in common with this person Jason yes. before you close this show yes can I say something? absolutely do you mind if I say something so even though I know you're going to title it, whatever you want to title it. <laughs> I'm just going to go back to, and it's not because I cared so much about a title, because I don't even think it's the proper title, but I just want to say it again. Um, I, as a person, have experienced some um, experiences uh, in the last week that have challenged my comfort level and made and I'm, I'm hoping, and actually, as much as I love hearing from Natalie and Jessica, Max, I think your interview is actually so poignant and so, like, I'm over here, like, trying not to cry like a big baby because I love you so much. But the reason I bring this up is because when I say it's so important for people to talk about it and talk about things and humanize the trans community, and any member of the LGBTQ community because what people are fed in their families, their churches, their news, wherever, all of it, Max is not a joke. Natalie is not a joke. Jessica is not a joke. Nobody is a joke. And it's not funny. Making fun of people for a disability, for who they are, it's never funny. And you literally heard Max share a lived experience just on an elementary level. Adults are worse. Literally. Like, we live in an adult world that we suck. We suck. We're awful. Okay? And so we're trying as people to make it a better place. And um, I just want you to always be you. And we will always support you and every, every child and every person that is whatever they are. Right? Or whoever they are. But... When I say talk about it, because you have to educate people and like put representation, and then you have to freaking be about it. Exactly. And Jason has to be about it. I have to be about it. Every person who supports you that is not a part of that labeled community has to be about it. And that means when you hear racist things, when you hear transphobic things, when you hear people making, um, I like to call it retired language, Things that were acceptable and funny on Scrubs back in 2000 would never fly today, even though that was modern for its time. We're always evolving. We're always growing and always seeking to learn. That's what we should be doing. And people in the ally community have to learn to make sacrifices that are very uncomfortable and have uncomfortable conversations and put lines in the sand. And I had to do that this week, and it was really uncomfortable. but I knew why, and you just put the last nail in the coffin today about why, like, 
I just can't stand for people in my life who seem to be good people making jokes about other people. Like, it's not okay. And um, I just love you so much, and I'm so glad that you came with Natalie tonight. And I love you, Lola, even though Lola's not wanting to talk on the podcast. Lola's an incredible human being, too. And so don't just talk about it. Be about it. And I think you're being about it every day, and I'm so proud of you. One last thing that I'm going to say before this ends. Be yourself, no matter who that is. Whoever you are out there, I see you with a gray sweatshirt. No hiding. (laughs) (laughs) She's got got jokes. I love it. Do what you want to do whenever you want to do it. And, you know... It doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter who you are. Like Nike, just do it. I love you. You like are us. you are amazing. Just absolutely amazing. All of you. Um, Thank you. It's just... <laughs> I mean, you're all right. <laughs> I, um, as, as we put a bow on this, my, my final thoughts are this. Um, Number one, you know, Jessica, Natalie, Lola, Max, and Kristen, thank you so much for coming here. And I want you all to know, you know, I have an open door, open mic policy anytime you need it. You know, like I said, with Max here, I you know, it goes across the, across the board. You always have a safe space here. Always. And I will always, you know, you need you need somebody to vent to. You need somebody to rattle some ideas off of. You need an opinion or whatever, and nobody else is around or or anything like that. Like I got big ears, so I will, I will, I will take that time. I think that's important. People need to be heard. I uh, I support you all. I I, I think the absolute world of you, and. Um, Anything that we can do here to help you guys live better, happy lives. That's what, I'm, that's what this is all about. For those of you who are listening, hopefully you took something away from this episode. Um, if not, at bare minimum, you have a better appreciation for people. Because at the end of the day, regardless of what color you are, regardless of how much money you make, regardless of where you live, who you love, what you do, none of that matters. At the end of the day, we we bleed red, we breathe the same air. You know, we and as humans, we we deserve happiness. And um, I I am very optimistic about what the future holds for the first time in a long time, and especially for for this community in particular, but our society as a whole. We're on the right path here. And it takes conversations like this to make this happen. Anybody out there who uh, feels like you cannot be who you want to be, you do not have a voice, you are not being heard, You, I invite you to reach out to us, reach out to me. Um, you have an open door policy. Yeah, absolutely. We, we will get you on the right path. We will get you with the right people. And so that ultimately we can live our best day every day. That's what it's all about. You know, every day we, every day, every single individual has one blessing. We wake up every single day. That's your first blessing. What do you do with that day? You know, you go out, 
specifically looking to be an asshole or are you looking to actually make a positive difference in this world? I kind of shift towards the latter, right? Um, my DMs are always open. Just look for Klaus to the Heart on Facebook or Klaus to the Heart at gmail.com is our official email and you can go to Klaus to the Heart.net, which is our official website of the PFC Entertainment Network. With that, go out this week, be awesome to yourselves and to each other. And we'll see you right back here next week with a brand new episode of the Klaus to the Heart podcast, the flagship show of the PFC Entertainment Network.